Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Planted in the house of God. Planted in the house of God. This second month on on discipleship is about connection. Connection. Connection, connection, connection. Marriage depends on connection. In a communication. Families depend on communication. Business success, communication. Everything comes down to connection, how we connect with people. Last week, as we looked at being planted in the house of God, we looked at the fact that being planted in the house prospers us. Puts a smile on my face. I believe in prosperity. I believe in it. I believe God is more than enough. Don't go to the world's definition of prosperity. Go to the Word's definition of prosperity. Your relationship with God, you're prosperous in your soul, in your body, in in your finances, in your relationship. Being planted in the house Let me read you a verse or two. Listen to this, Psalm 92. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. We covered this last week. He shall grow like a cedar. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Psalm 1, you could put in there, and we did last week, says whatever they put their hand to will prosper. Planted in the house brings prosperity. Being cut off from the house of God brings poverty, spiritual poverty, emotional porridge, uh, p- 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 porridge poverty. <laughs> oh, it's one of those days today, isn't it? <laughs> today, I want to talk about being planted in the house of God. I want to talk about the power of partnership. The power of partnership. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, he humbled himself, and he himself. Struggling to hold it together this morning. Seriously, the presence of God in this place is, is, is so thick, and I'm not just trying to be hyper-spiritual here. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice it does not say he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do the ministry. It's not what it says. That's a traditional, non-scriptural understanding of how the church works. What do you do? Oh, I'm in the ministry. Every believer can say that. I'm in the ministry. I'm in the ministry. That's when you are born again, a number of things happened. You are are in Christ. You are in the army. From the moment you give your life to Christ, you are enlisted. National compulsory service. Nothing about it that's a volunteer. You volunteered to give your life to Christ, but when you gave your life to Christ, boom, you're in the army. You're in the body, you're in the temple, you're in the bride, 
and you're in the family. You can't vote which one am I going to be in or not. Well, I like the body thing, but I don't like the family thing. I like the temple thing. It's all about worship. <laughs> no, come on. We're everything. We're everything. When we give our life to Christ and the other thing that we're in is we're in the ministry. For the equipping of the saints, for them to do the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Another passage says we start with the unity of the Spirit but we go towards the unity of the faith. You see, we begin in the Spirit. When you say yes to Jesus and I say yes to Jesus, we're not just part of Jesus, we're part of each other. We're part, there's only one Spirit. And if I'm filled with Him and you're filled with Him, then you're filled with me and I'm filled with you. That's straight out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. You in me, us in them. We're members of one another. The word is partner. We partner together. We're part of each other. We're part of each other. Your life is part of me and my life is part of you. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, we're in this together. We're partners. We start in the Spirit, but then we've got to work together. We've got to believe together. We've got to walk together. We've got to love together. We see we are together, but we've got to do stuff together. Ah, oh, no, it's just about me and God. No, the Bible says how you love your brother and sister is how you love Jesus. Is. Your love for God is your love for another believer. That's incredible. To a perfect man, the word there is mature. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh, I start getting into passages like this and it's just like a box of tissues. What is Christ? Christ is not Jesus now. Jesus is the head of the Christ. We are the body of the Christ. See, before the cross, Jesus was the Christ on his own. He's no longer the Christ on his own. He is the head of the Christ. And you are part of the body of the Christ. There's still only one Christ. Hello? Is this a bit deep for a Sunday morning? You need to come to an academy. We'll dig into that stuff. That the church grows to a one perfect Man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's talking about the church. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You know there's plots against you. There's plots against you. We live in such a generation that Nobody can upset me or offend me or I get all offended, I get all upset and I'm going to counsel you. We, we think that we're immune from persecution or we're immune from people having a go at us. It's not fair. Who said, whoever said life was fair? Get a grip. 
So somebody upset you, you're the bigger one. So somebody called you whatever they called you. We don't have the luxury of getting offended. We don't have that luxury, we're dead. Hello? Are you with me today? I don't have the luxury of getting offended because someone's racial towards me. I don't have the luxury of getting offended at that. However, disgusting it is. See, offence doesn't kill them, it kills you. Offence doesn't affect their life. It affects the one who is offended. But you know, the world's going straight on social media, straight on everything. Look what this person did. No, you just keep your mouth shut. Don't post it. Don't photograph it. Don't put it out there. Don't point the finger. Don't judge. Is this all right? Okay. What am I talking about? I'm talking about we are partners together. What does being partners do? I haven't even got through my opening verse yet. But speaking the truth in love. I would challenge you to go through everything you read and ask yourself this. Is this speaking the truth in love? If it's not, delete it. And if it's not, cancel it. Put on the blocks. If it's not speaking the truth in love, I don't want to read it. Because I don't want it to defile my spirit. Because what I feed myself on is going to come out of my mouth. So if they're criticizing and moaning, at some point, I'm going to say the same thing. And when I start doing it, I'm in trouble. Hello? Speaking the truth in love, we may grow up. If we say grow up. Grow up. Grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body of Christ joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. How do we grow up? By what the head supplies or by what all the joints supply? We grow up and our growth is, is, is dependent on keeping connection with the head from Colossians. Don't lose connection with the head. But the body grows by what we supply. According to the effective Working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. God's plan has always always been this. From the very beginning of time is God wants a man. I could go through all the scriptures in the Bible. God looked for a man. God wanted a man. God wanted a man. God wanted a man. God wanted a man. God looked for a man. Thank you so much. God wanted a man. God wanted a man. He wants the head of Jesus and the body, which is Christ. See, the emphasis in the kingdom of God, the local church, is not what I can take out, but what I can put in. That's the emphasis. It's not about what can I get out of this, it's what can I give into this. You see, a baby wants to take, has to take, or else it'll die. But an adult... An adult gives. An adult, you see, we're talking about maturity. Partnership brings maturity. 
Partnership brings maturity. We reap because we sow. We are encouraged because we encourage others. We prosper because we bless the body. We walk in our own uh, victory because we pray for other people. We succeed because we empower other people to succeed. It's what connection in the body is all about. It's not, it's not just seeing a service. It's not just coming to a Sunday. It's partnership. Partnership together. The Bible says it is far more blessed to give than to receive. That needs to be understood. It doesn't say it's, often people quote, the Bible says it's better to give than receive. That's not what it says. It says it's more blessed, which means when you give, that's where the anointing is. You only give to receive. A farmer only puts seed in the ground to reap a harvest. He doesn't put seed in the ground because he loves the ground. He doesn't put seed in the ground just because he hasn't got anything else to do with it. He puts seed in the ground for one reason only. Only, 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 only. Did I say only enough then? He puts seed in the ground only to reap a harvest. It's the only reason he puts seed in the ground. The world's emphasis really wants to strengthen and to champion independence. Self-made person. They did it all themselves. Wow. Look what they did on their own. You're far better on your own, you know. Just do it yourself. I'm going to say something now that everybody would want to say yes, amen to, but I'm pre-warning you, don't. <laughs> People say, all I need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. I'm sorry, that is completely unscriptural. Jesus is the only one who can save your life. But the Bible says... The hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. I've got a lot I could say on that. You don't only need Jesus, you need me. You need me. Did you know you need me? Thank you. You need me. Now, because I'm so balanced, I need you. I need you. Of course, I need Jesus, but that's not all I need. If I'm a toe and he's the head... I need everything else between me and the head. Or else I'm a dead toe. Hello? I need people. And you need people. Ah, oh, but I'm too shy. Yeah, well, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see, we've we got to apply that to everything, not just the bits that we think are sin. We've got to apply it to our personal preference. Oh no, I just don't do small groups. I just don't. It's just not for me. Well, hang on, I thought you were dead. It's no longer I who live. Uh, the life I now, it's, not, it's Christ who lives in me. Oh no, I don't do loud songs, so I come after the worship. Well, hang on a minute. I thought it was supposed to be one voice. 
not one minus you voice. I, I really don't understand people who miss the worship and think it's okay. I really don't. I think it's quite a disgrace to honouring God. And I know we've all got life to get through and kids throw up in the car on the way in and all the rest of it. I get that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about attitude. Hello? Yeah, the bus comes late. He does it every week. We'll get the earlier one. Hello? Get the earlier one. If you went to your boss, oh, I'm sorry, you know what? Every, week, every day I'm late because the bus is late. They wouldn't say, oh, you darling heart. You poor thing. I really feel for you. They'd say, you want to keep your job, you better get uh, the bus stop earlier and get the earlier one. Hello? You see, we're in partnership together. and We're in partnership with Jesus. We're in partnership with each other. That doesn't mean to say that there aren't any, there's not an individual strength to us. I love the fact that the army of David gathered together, but he still had 30 mighty men. And they were mighty individually. I mean, I want to read you some of these guys. You see, I'm not talking about a bland, we're just all machines, we're all clones, we just walk along and do the Christian thing and we do this. No, come on, be everything God's called you to be. But do it in the context of partnership. Do it in the context of a body. Do it in the context of a local church. And a local church is not something because of attitude you can just watch on TV. Hello? Now, if you can't get out of bed or you're working shifts or you're in another nation or whatever or you're in prison or you're, you're unable to get to a local church, wonderful. What a great tool we have. But it's never a replacement for the local church, for partnering together in the things of God. Listen to this, 2 Samuel 23. And he was called Adino the Esnite because he'd killed... 800 men at one time. You see, we have this whole mentality today. Equality of outcome. I'm sorry, it's not scriptural. I'm going there today. Jesus didn't give everybody five talents. He gave the ones who knew how to handle five talents, five talents. But the ones that didn't, He gave two. And one that he didn't trust at all, he gave one. Now today, they'd go to the union, they'd go to whatever, and they'd start saying, it's not fair. You gave him five, equal, equal, equal. I'm sorry, the kingdom is not about that. It's really not. There are rewards that some people get and other people don't. Hello? Are you with me today? You see, we've got to shake off this worldly mentality and we've got to come back to what the Bible says. I absolutely believe in equality of opportunity. Absolutely. And it's got to be forced in and it's got to be campaigned for. Absolutely. No problem with that at all. But it's not an entitlement of outcome when you've done nothing and somebody else has done everything. Hello. It's Bible. Somebody earned one talent in the morning, worked all day, 
worked and got the one talent at the end. One worked one hour and got the same thing. It was all hell to pay. Jesus said, I can do what I want. Basically said, I can do what I want. You agreed for that. That's what you got. See, we're partners together. We work together. This doesn't mean to say we all do the same and we all are the same. David's 30 months. One guy killed 800 men. Wow, they didn't all do that. He did. There was no competition. Somebody else here. Eleazar, the son of Dodo, one of the three mighty men. Ah, David had his favourites, so did Jesus. When they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to his sword. Man, this guy's like, wow. Come to Citygate, please. Wouldn't be the easiest person to have around. Neither would the Apostle Paul. Neither would whoever he was who killed 800 guys. See, we're not all the same. We're all different. Different personalities, different giftings, different strengths, different... Just, just come, we're all in the same thing. But we still have individual skills and callings and functions. But we're working together. It's the separate thing which is dangerous. I just do my own thing. Independence. No, we're not independent. We are interdependent. What does partnership do? And I've just got four points. I'll read the titles and you can, that's it. Number one, as we partner together in the local church, it brings maturity. You cannot mature on your own cannot mature on your own. There's all sorts of maturity. There's, there's obviously spiritual maturity. You can only grow up in God in the context of the family and the body and the bride, the temple. You cannot grow up on your own unless there is grace for it because you're in a prison cell somewhere. Hello. But that's the exception. That's not the rule. You can only grow up in the body. There's emotional growing up and maturity. We need relationships to mature us. Iron sharpens iron. Often the maturity doesn't happen because it's God doing it. It's because you're doing it to me. And I grow up because you challenge me in some way or, or we rub up the wrong way in some way or it gives, it gives us an opportunity to work something out together. And we grow up. You see, babies throw toys out the pram. They're on the play mat and snatch each other's toys and get upset with each other. But you grow up. You, you encourage that to keep happening. Not the, the, but you encourage it. Say, come on, they're going to learn through this. They're going to learn to stop snatching. It's so easy to point the finger on an internet site. Most people haven't got the guts to do it face to face. And they'd soon grow up if they did. Hello? Are you with me today? It's a bit strong, isn't it? But come on, we're in the body of Christ. 
There need to be boundaries. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be responsibility. Mature believers display, display the character of Christ, which is developed amongst people. How can you be patient on your own? You need other people. How can you be forgiving on your own? You need other people to forgive. And if you don't forgive, it shows you haven't grown up yet. So we need to, another problem. I pray for more problems until we grow up. More people to upset you and offend you until you get over the offence and start being, you know what? Doesn't matter. I'm going to rejoice in this. Doesn't change who I am in God. Doesn't change my identity. If what somebody says changes who you think you are or threatens who you think you are, time to grow up. Time to grow up. And we need each other to grow up. I'm speaking to myself this morning. We need each other to grow up. I can mature as I spend time in the body. You mature as you spend time in the body. I'm not talking about in a service. I'm talking about in the life of the church. So much I could say on maturity. What is a mature believer? They don't point out other people's sins. They don't demand that others suffer for what they've done wrong. They forgive the unforgivable. They have grace when people fail. They control their own words when and when not to speak. They give beyond their ability in spite of their own needs. They speak to mountains when it looks impossible. They don't complain when things are tough. They stay loyal when others jump ship. They wipe somebody else's messed up face when other people are shouting crucify. They prefer the cause of Christ over their own vision. They are grateful and able to give thanks in all circumstances. They continue to honour in spite of evidence to the contrary. That was just my list. From God's Word. This can only happen in the context of commitment to and function in a local church. The second thing that, what does partnership bring? It brings the victory. Oh, hallelujah. Brings victory. The Amalekites were picked off because they weren't in the body of the children of Israel. So the Amalekites picked off the stragglers who weren't in the body of the people of Israel. So many things I could say about the victory over deception. We read, you know, we read no longer children tossed to and fro. What do we have the victory over? We have the victory over deception. So easy to be deceived when you're out on your own. So easy. Oh, but I'm a believer. I'm not dead. Well, number one, if you think it's okay on your own, that's deception in, in the first thing. And when you're open to that deception, it's so easy to let others flood in. Deception, the lies of the enemy, is what steals the life of God out of our lives and the, and the victory of God. But we have, when we're in partnership, we have total victory over deception, over circumstances. Being planted in the local church means we can stand in the face of adverse circumstances. We function under a covering of grace. We'll deal with that in autumn. What else do we have the victory over? Over the enemy. We fight him together. You see, actually, the helmet is upon me individually, but it's upon us corporately. The breastplate is is upon me individually, but it's upon us corporately. The protection of the body of Christ. 
What else does partnership bring? It fulfills vision. Partnership fulfills vision. When you're on your own, you will struggle to achieve in God. But when you work for the good of the kingdom, the body, the bride, the temple, the army, the family, when I put my life into a bigger vision, my personal visions are fulfilled. Wow. That's the way round it is. They came to David to turn over the kingdom of Saul to David. A church has a vision. A local church has a vision. It's not just a gathering place. It's a place of vision to achieve. And finally, as we close, our partnership brings freedom. See, isolation will breed small-mindedness. Insecurity. Inferiority. Anxiety. All the rest of it. Isolation kills the human life. Independence breeds stinginess. But interdependence, being a partner in the local church, increases a person's confidence, anointing, increases your life in the Spirit, increases your ability to walk in your freedom. It's the best place to raise kids. Kids who are raised up in the body of Christ, are well balanced. They learn how to be around people and how to forgive and love and have grace for one another. I've heard tragic stories of how people are bullied in the world and in class and in school. Guys, kids are kids. Horrible sometimes. I'm so glad my kids were raised in the house of God. I'm so glad at the prayer meetings we had Michael and Chris asleep in suitcases. <laughs> suitcases. Man, we didn't have all this stuff that you had. We used to bring a suitcase. Yeah, uh, unzipped and open. Okay. <laughs> Sharon's going, unzipped, unzipped. We carry a suitcase. Today you spend two grand on some multi-function. A suitcase will do it just as good, honestly. Seriously, you have your push chair and you have a suitcase and you, make, you open it up and it's a bed. It's all made out. It's brilliant. We've, we've had, we carry a suitcase to the beach. Do you remember that? We walk down to the beach edge with a big suitcase and they go, what the heck is that? Sharon carrying the baby, me carrying this. Open it up and it's got a sunshade. And the baby's in the suitcase. I'll tell you, they're brilliant. 20 quid. 20 quid. Be a good steward, please. Anyway, moving right along. We don't keep him in a suitcase now. We just put him behind a keyboard or on the drums or behind some cameras. But I can remember we had a prayer meeting and we had Michael under the chair, raised in the house of God. Everyone's going bananas in prayer, believing God and exploding. And we're so excited. We go home. And it's like, wonderful, wasn't Jesus wonderful tonight? And wasn't the power of God wonderful? Oh, I think we better put the kids to bed. Oh, we haven't got them. <laughs> We'd left Michael asleep under the thing and driven all the way to the other side of Orpington, 20 minutes, just over 20 minutes away. So we come all the way back thinking, if he set the alarms off, we're in trouble. 
come all the way back, he's still fast asleep. God gives his beloved sleep. Oh, my child needs to sleep. He can sleep in a prayer meeting. You need to teach your kids how to sleep in a noise. I'm serious about that. If it all has to be so quiet, you are giving them a lifetime of trouble because the moment something happens, they're awake. Honestly, I just, is this parenting advice or what? Is this good stuff? Raise them in the house of God. Shall we all stand to our feet today, shall we? Partnership. Why don't you just look at somebody and say, we're partners together. If you want to put your arm around them and give them a little bit of a pat on the shoulder. Some of you ladies might want to hug and some of you husbands and wives or whatever. But come on, put your arm, just, just sort of touch somebody on the shoulder and say, we're partners together. You may not even know them, but come on, let's, let's just cross some barriers here today. Come on, we're partners together. We're in this together. You see, some of you are not touchy-feely people. That's all right. Come to my DISC. That's all good. It's not a problem. You don't have to be. It's not a problem. But what we do have to be is partners. Is partners. We're in this together. I'm going to fight for you and you're going to fight for me. I'm going to believe for you and you're going to believe for me. I'm going to pray for you and you're going to pray for me. I'm going to, I'm going to be a steward for you and you're going to be on Kids Church for me. And I'm going to be in the praise band for you and you're going to be on the door in the Connect team making the coffees for me. You see, we all work together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, for the incredible presence of your Spirit in this place. You said and I believe. You said and it's done. And we stand for that today. And Father, thank you as we stand together. We are un unshakable, invincible. Lord, even though there were individuals in the army, they did not jostle one another. They ran together as one man. We grow up together as one man. So Father, we thank you for the person on our left, on our right. We thank you, God, for that which you're doing in this place and across the churches of the world that we're part of as one body. Every denomination that names Jesus Christ as Lord, every independent church, we declare we are one in the Spirit with Jesus as the head. And we're part of the body, the temple, the stones fit together. The family where we all have responsibilities. The army where we all fight for one another and for the bigger vision. The temple where we worship. And the bride, Lord, for that day when the bride and the bridegroom have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord, we look for that day. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And just right now with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you know you need to partner again with the kingdom of God. Number one, you need to come to Jesus if you've never received him as Lord. But perhaps, you know what? The enemy's tried to, to, you know, scoop you off. Independence. You don't need people. And it's time to come back. If you want to respond today to the word that has been preached. I know some people think, oh, if I respond, I must be in really bad need. No, you know what? I'd respond to most things preached here. Because <laughs> I just want more. But if you're here today especially and you, you say, Pastor Jay, you know what? I need to give my life to Christ. I need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Perhaps you've never received Him. Perhaps you believe there's a God somewhere, but today it's time to receive Jesus as Lord. If that is you, 
with every eye closed and every head bowed, why don't you just lift your hand in this place right now, please? God bless you. Wonderful. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. People here today, come on, receiving Jesus. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. God bless you. Wonderful. Awesome. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Come on. There's a, today's a day of salvation. Come on. If there's anybody else here today, you're receiving Jesus as Lord in a fresh way. Wonderful. God bless you. Come on. There may be a fight going on now in your mind saying, but this, but that. Come on. Is God going to receive me after what I've done? Yes, He will. That's unquestionable. His mercy and His goodness are everlasting. Is there anybody else here today? Last time as I just quickly look across. Wonderful. Let's all pray this prayer now. Those who have responded and those who perhaps wished you had. You know, come and have a chat with us afterwards. Let's all say this. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You've demonstrated your love by giving your only begotten Son to die on the cross to give me life. I receive you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. You are my Lord, my Saviour, my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived, apart from you, independent, and by the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God a, some praise in the house today.